1: Welcome to the Record Rangers podcast, I'm Mark McDougall and today I'm joined by Scott McDermott and Gavin Berry. This week we look back at the 0-0 draw with Kilmarnock and look forward to the replay. We have a look at the clash with St. Johnson on Saturday and we discuss Al McGregor's ban and the SFA's disciplinary system. So, we started off looking back at Kilmarnock last week. Uh, James DeVernier's penalty missed it obviously, that a big talking point of the game but really bad penalty, wasn't it? It was a poor
2: penalty, it was a poor game, Mark, yeah. to be honest, there uh, wasn't much to write home about, uh, lack of chances, I know Jermaine Defoe had a kind of late chance that you would expect him to take, but you're right, the key moment in the game, I think when it is a tight game like that tight cup tie, because I mean, normally the rangers commandment games have been pretty open in the league, but it just shows you when it was a cup tie, so much at stake, it was a lot tighter, Um and you no, know, these big moments are, are crucial, and that was uh, that was certainly the penalty. But uh, Tavernier obviously missed one the previous week against St. Marn, uh, and he's missed another one, which has been un- unlike him. Uh, and I would just worry slightly. I mean, I know Steven Gerrard said he will still be on them, uh, still be on the penalties, which I don't have a problem with. However, it always slightly worries me when I you no know, when I watched them take it against Kelly. I think when you've missed one. You tend to worry a wee bit or panic a wee bit and you normally find they'll go for like power down the middle and that's what that's what he went for. No, it it was as if he didn't quite have the confidence to go and go and pick his spot again. Um so it'll be interesting if he gets one, he uh, gets one Saturday.
1: It's part it's part of the problem the fact that there's Rangers have got so many prop penalties over the last couple of weeks that he's just ran out of places to hit them he doesn't know what to do with them anymore, so he's, he's just hitting them and hoping. Be I mean, the law averages, I
2: suppose. If you're getting that many, you're probably going to miss one or two. I, mean, I think what's the start? I think he's missed two and two and 15, something yeah, like that.
1: Yeah, the last time he'd missed before St. Mirren was the Scottish sc- sc- oh, I mean,
2: Cup. So he has been decent, and you no, know, as a player, his technique is actually very good. You no, know, he's the type of guy you would want on penalties, but by the same token, you've got strikers, you no, know, chopping it, a bit, guys like Defoe, you no, know, like Morelos that, that want goals. Obviously, in the St. Mirren game. No, there was the incidents when Morelos and Defoe were basically tried to grab the ball off Tavares so much so Morelos ended up going in the going in off at, at one stage because he because Defoe got it ahead of him, which I don't think Stephen Gerrard was too too happy with. So they'll be desperate to hit them for goals, but at the moment it looks as if they'll get another chance. And I
0: suppose if you are seeing as if there is anything psychologically on the back of his head that is slightly concerned, then the best thing he will have heard is. Stephen Gerrard backing him knowing then if they do get one against St Johnson at the weekend then he's going to have the chance to put it right I suppose a bit like they talk about strikers isn't it as long as you you know if you keep missing a few chances but then they're there you know they're there to miss them and if you've got the confidence to step up and take it which he has then I'm sure he'll put the next one away
2: because if you take it off him if you say right you're known penalties he'll know when to hit one again, exactly will I mean, his, his confidence will be, will yeah. be shot.
0: Although there has to be a cut-off point, I suppose, you know. I mean, if it's actually damaging, the t- you know, the team's chances, you know. I mean, if you're nell- then you know, a game against Celtic, you get one in the 89th minute, you need to know that he's going to put it away. I mean, it's fine if you're, you're not going to get four every game, as he <laughs> did It's admitting what where he can afford maybe to, to miss the odd one. To be fair
2: to Tavernie, I mean, he obviously missed one in the the Scottish Cup Game, but no wonder Warburton yeah. in the shootout. No, he, he blazed it over the bar. I mean, and missing it in a game like that at that time, I mean, my confidence would have been <laughs> gone from then. I, I would not want to have another penalty ever again after that. So it's credit to him yeah. that he has come back for that and went on that run of scoring penalties. And even during the St. Murn game, obviously, he misses one, but he did take the next one yeah. and scored it. So, I mean, he, he can't be too critical of him, but. As, as Gav says, there's got to be a has to be a cut off. I think if he missed the next one, Gerald would maybe seriously look at getting somebody else a shot. He does
0: straight. as a guy that doesn't like belief when you talk Aye. to him. He is, he's quite well I mean obviously if you're a captain I suppose that, that's got to be one of your kind of characteristics, but he is, he's very kind of
2: I think, foolish. I think he just believes in his own technique, does not he? He's pretty yeah. confident in his inability. Uh I mean he's no brilliantly two footed, but certainly with his right foot he believes he can, you no know, whether it's crosses, deliveries, you know, long balls or whatever, uh, set pieces. We don't know how good he is at free kicks as well, so he has got great, great belief uh, in his own technique. So I think that's why he's not been, he's not been shy in stepping up.
0: But in terms of the game in general, I mean Rangers don't have a great record against Cumberland. They obviously last year lost there in the league, you know, just a matter of weeks ago. The, the, the vital thing for them was to get away from their still in the cup, and they yeah. managed that. And then, you know, despite their poor record, you would still have them down as favourites to go through and now with a home tie.
2: That's the thing in the last twenty minutes, of that game, you no know, cup tie. I mean Rangers you no, know, people would argue Rangers' season was hinging on that. That last twenty minutes may have come on not they scored late on. Rangers are suddenly, you no, know, out of both cup competitions, six points behind the league. You no, know, it doesn't look as rosy as it uh, as it maybe has at other points in the <laughs> season, so I mean, it was a huge game in that sense. That's what i was saying about so much at stake. That's why I think it was pretty nervous, um, yeah. with very few chances. So, Gav's right for them just to get out of there, knowing they'll know it to go in the uh, rugby part. Astro tough again, uh, probably this season and get them back to Ibrox. No, if you'd offered them that, I think they'd have probably taken it.
0: And then it's going to be the same again in the next round, because if they're going to win the cup, they're going to have to do it the hard way, because you then get, I mean, come away is a bit as, hard, as difficult as they can get, you know, yeah. under yeah. Steve Clark, Then you get Aberdeen away in the next round, if you get through that one. I mean, they just keep coming, so all of, it's then going to be a case of getting into the Aberdeen game, it'll be the same again, 90 minutes. Your season is just always hinging on 90 minutes, yeah. you know, yeah. Um Although with the league, they're still within touching distance, but I mean, there's not much margin for error there, that's what and it I, would still be, there's still long shots to win the league, That's
2: so. the thing, it's the, it's the same in the league, they're, they're effectively living on a kind of 90-minute you know, existence in terms of winning stuff, because one slip-up, whether it's in the league or the cup, yeah. and it all goes haywire, that's, that's the pressure this team's playing under at the minute. Yeah. yeah.
0: We keep saying season defining. Building up to the Aberdeen game and then the Commander game, it was that's a season defining week, in Scott's right, you are just one slip up away. But I think this next spell is going to be crucial because Rangers play St Johnson at home on Saturday, and then they've got Hamilton away, and then Dundee at home. I mean, you would expect them to get nine points from that. Celtic's next run, uh, I think they've got a home game against Motherwell, sandwiched between an away game at Kilmarnock on Sunday and then away to Hearts and a midweek. I mean, the, the Kilmarnock and the Hearts games are games you would look at and say Celtic might, might drop points in one or maybe both of them. You know, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world if they drew one of those games. So uh, that's why Rangers need to take the nine points. And if there is any slip up for Celtic, then they're right back in it.
2: That's the thing, for Rangers fans' point of view, they'll be looking at these next few fixtures thinking, Oh well, no, we'll win these, right? But that's been proved to be dangerous, no, for Rangers' point of view and it would be no it'd be so frustrating for Stephen Gerrard if they thought, no, they've come through these away games, winning at Aberdeen, no, going to Kelly in the cup and getting the getting the draw. They've come through a really tricky spell after the, the winter break but they're still in touch. I mean, it'd be so frustrating for him now, now that you are looking at a run of games where, let's be honest, he should win relatively comfortably. If they were to slip up in one of these games, it would
1: almost be be unforgivable. The other thing from the Commander game was the Defoe was the main striker on his own. There's a lot of criticism of him, who obviously isn't Alfredo Morales and the way he plays bullying defenders. Is that a problem for Gerard? Does he need to bring in Lafty? especially for the replays? I,
2: I don't know if it's a problem. I think, the Rangers certainly need to change the way the way they play when Defoe's in the team compared to Morelos. I mean, you're right. The command game is a prime example. I mean, at one point, I remember watching Connor Goldson, like play a a kind of long ball into the channel, and Defoe was kind of nowhere near it. He didn't he barely bothered going for it, and that's just no his game. Whereas that ball <coughs> uh, to Morelos has worked for Rangers all season. Uh, and it's worked at Rugby Park before, but Morelos has actually did, did pretty well. So, you need to, they're, they're two totally different players. No, Morelos will run into those channels. He'll use his physicality to kind of bully defenders and, you know, get yourself into the box. Defoe, as we all know, is just an out-and-out striker. He's waiting for chances. Um... And he wants service from from wide where he can go on to chances. Um, so Rangers, I think, do it to change, change their game. I mean, you mentioned Lafferty. It was funny because the, in the Aberdeen away game, when Morelos got sent off, I actually thought Lafferty should have been the one that went on because I thought he would have held it up better. As I say, running to channels caused Aberdeen more a problem, gave Rangers more of an outbow. And I still actually think that would have been the right decision, but Defoe has come up Trump's right at the end with a goal. Now, I finished it, probably Lafferty wouldn't have come up with, so that's the kind of balance you need to find. But certainly, if he's going to go with Defoe in the absence of somebody else, they're going to, need to, going to need to change it up a bit. Does
1: it have to be a change of system then if he's going to change it up? Because obviously we've got the big striker in Lafferty, small striker in Defoe, that's worked well for Defoe in the past with Crouch, uh, Spurs and Portsmouth and anywhere else. Is that something that Gerard needs to look at, maybe trying this 3-5-2 again, trying four four two? Well, I mean he's got the
2: option there obviously uh, to go with the two. I mean he's he's obviously tried this diamond a few times to get Morelos and Defoe into the team. I mean he could do that again, we laugh at him Defoe. I agree with you, I think Defoe's best uh, best performances have come when he said uh, not a big striker playing beside him uh, in the Premier League when he's feeding off their knockdowns or their their scraps. I think he would thrive uh, in that kind of system. So home to St Johnson with Mirellos out, it's certainly an option for Gerard um but I would be surprised I think he'll probably stick to the they kinda of tried and tested for, for most of the season. No, I mean Morelos is out for three games. Is that right? So yeah, two more left. So there's a wee run now, um, and I think certainly initially he'll give the four the chance to to basically play that lone striker role. We we laugh at him coming off the bench, but it's it's definitely an option
1: for him to go to go with it too. The last thing from that Comarnet game was Scott Arfield talking about Ross McCrory after it, saying he's the best at his role in the <coughs> in the country. Is that something you agree with? Is he? Is there anyone better as a defensive midfielder than Ross McCrory?
0: No, I think he's well, He's definitely up there, whether he's the actual best, I don't know, I can't think of him off the top of my head who's better, but I think that old firm game, I mean, the old firm win just really summed up what Ross McCrory, you know, gives to the team. He was outstanding that day. I mean, arguably, he get a bit many players for money man in the match that day, but I suppose guys like him don't get a lot of the credit. Ryan Kent, you know, with his flicks and tricks, was, out, you know, was outstanding that day, but doing the dirty work, Ross McCrory, was so vital to the team, and that was why I think it came as... I think it was a mistake by Stephen Gerrard to then not play him against Comarnock in the first game after the winter break. He was obviously keen to get Davis and Defoe into the side because there was so much hype surrounding him when they signed in January, but not playing McCrory was a big mistake, and I think Gerrard probably <clears throat> realised that after that game because he was back in for the Livingston game, and again, uh, McCrory was vital in, in that win and kept his place, obviously, for the return to Rugby Park. Um, so I think I think Stephen Gerrard's and I think we spoke about this the other day didn't we Scott about how Gerrard was saying that uh, for certain games Uh, for certain games you know Ross McCrory is going to be needed the the bigger games which led us to discuss you know about you know Davis you know how do you get Davis back into the team if McCrory I know you're saying it's not necessarily like for like but how do you get Davis into the team if it's you know, if McCrory's then going to have to drop out, drop out, you then lose something.
2: In, t- in terms of McCrory when Gerard, Gav's like Gerard kind of summed it up after the that game. He actually, had, it was, he was actually confessing almost. He basically said, uh, after that game last week, we have we have now realised that that McCrory suits certain games. now I think a lot of people have been saying that for a while. it be fair that if you are going away for home in the Premiership to a difficult venue, i.e. Astro Tough Pitch or one of the no one of the big teams around you, then McCrory is a guy that you want no in that midfield, sitting in front of the back four because no, remember a lot of his natural instincts are as a centre back because that's where he grew up playing. No, he's defensively minded. That's his first that's his first thought. So him sitting in front of that back four Gives Rangers a bit of protection, you no, know, he's got a lot of energy, he's got height, he's physical, he loves a tackle. Um those are all the traits you need in your sitting midfielder when you go to these places. And you no, know, again, as Gav says, I think Gerard will regret no playing him in that command game because he took him out and Rangers lacked physicality, you no know, power, dicker and shibola that night. No, bullied Rangers midfield. If you look at it now it was Jack Arfield Davis. Mm-hmm. It was too lightweight uh, for that particular game and Rangers paid the paid the price for that. So listen, I still think there's a lot of improvement in Ross McCrory I don't think he's a finished start ago by a long way. Um Gerald took him off in the home game against St Murden and I think that's what he was getting at in terms of him suiting certain games. I think games at Ibrooks against lesser opposition when you need to build the play and you're going to have a lot of the ball and you need to create chances. I'm not sure you really need McCrory in the midfield for games like that. And he actually took him off early, I think, after about 50, 50-odd 50 minutes. But certainly in those vital away games between now and the end of the season, I don't think you'll see Ross McCrory out of the, of the team away from home, basically.
0: That's what we were saying the other day. Then. If you are looking at the bigger picture, if you were going to Celtic Park tomorrow, I mean, would Stephen Davis be in the team... And if not, what does that say about you know a, a guy who was brought up here, you know a, hu- a huge name? Yep. I mean, how is he going to be feeling if you were going to Parkhead tomorrow and he wasn't going to be in the starting line? I
2: agree. I mean, he, he wouldn't be happy. But I, I, but Davis hasn't really performed yet no. since since he came back. He's and not looked up to speed yet. He's he would questioned. admit that himself. I don't know what 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 whether it's because he's hardly played at Southampton. He's not played a lot. of a lot of minutes, but it does look like a guy who's gonna take another few games, uh, like full games, to get himself up to speed. Uh, I don't think he's kinda of passing range has been in he's not really created any any chances when he has been you no know, given a start or whatever. So he can't really complain too much. And I think if they were going to Celtic Park tomorrow, you no, know, the midfield undoubtedly would be McCrory, Jack and Arfield would be your would be the three. Uh, I don't think that no Gerald would have any qualms about that, and Davis would have to have to settle for the bench.
0: It's amazing to think when they signed the four and Davis, you know, it was you know, such a coup to get these two guys in. It's amazing to think now that neither of them would probably be in Stephen Gerard's strongest start line. I
2: know that's in terms of the four, it's due to it's just been mm. on been on fire, uh, and obviously when when they have tried the two up front as yet, it's not quite. Worked for them as a as a partnership, but in terms of Davis, I mean, I'm not saying this after after the event, but you no, know, we spoke about it. Mark, the Rangers looking for a number ten, you know, a guy to create chances. I was never convinced that Stephen Davis, as good a player as he is, was going to come in and do that do that job. Um, of course, you no know, Rangers punters would have been hoping that he was going to come in and be that guy that was there. No, 10, 10 years ago but you know, that box to box midfielder with energy and you know, creating chances I just I never thought he was going to be that type I think he's changed his game he's more defensive minded now he's more of a sitter we're talking about games at Ibrox against lesser opposition maybe McCrory isn't the guy for it that's the kind of games if you want Davis in the team I would start him as maybe the sitter in front of the back four when Rangers have got all the ball teams are defending deep He's a guy
1: who can can take it off the of defence and maybe start start building up attacks. Uh moving on we'll look at Al um, McGregor now. Is he right to be suspended? Firstly. Is is he right to get banned?
0: I I think I don't think there can be any arguments with it. Yeah, I mean it was. I think if you watch it, you can tell. I think he he knew what he was doing. I mean, I see our columnist Barry Ferguson has said that he bumped into him uh, in the street and asked him, and he said he looked him in the eye to ask him, "Did you deliberately set out to hurt my nephew?" I don't think he's going to admit to it. Um, But I think it is clear. It, It was. It was definitely a red card. The problem here, as many people have said, is that. Is just down to the inconsistency of the no, whole. Yeah. No, I mean, with McGregor specifically, if you consider the, the Chris Iyer one earlier in the season, but also generally just with the whole SFA disciplinary process, um, how they can just, you know, well, Morelos on the opening day getting away with one and then not getting getting done for other ones. Um, there just seems to be a lack of consistency.
1: Yeah, if you look And at- that's the problem. If you look at the three that were supposed to be up in front of the compliance officer yeah. this week, the Alan Power, Paul yeah. McGinn, and McGregor. That's the bit they don't do. not would I mean, argue that McGregor is the least.
0: Absolutely. Red I mean, card the, the McGinn one, particularly. I mean, you could, I mean, if somebody. I think the Alan Power one was a red card as well, but maybe if people say it was unintentional yeah. or. Yeah. You know, you keep. I mean, the McGinn one. I mean, how a panel of three ex referees can look at that and not see it as being ascending off. I suppose the crucial thing when you look at the three instances that the other two were booked, am I correct? Yeah, see, the other yeah. two were booked, whereas Alan McGregor wasn't. So again, is this just about trying to protect referees, you know, because if they then go and upgrade them from yellows to reds, it's it's making it look, look the, the referee got it blatantly wrong. So are they trying to protect them? I don't know. But whatever way you look at it, you know, that the whole process needs looked at.
1: That's another part of the inconsistency as well. Though, is with Darnell Johnson the week before they upgraded his from yellow to red. Of course. But then yeah. they look at these two again yeah. and say no, we can't do it. It's yeah. just fans I, don't seem to know what's going one. on. That yeah. was
2: that was a bizarre one because I mean the, the Darnell Johnson tackle was was a bad tackle, but and I know Mihly is got a get a bad uh, but a relatively bad injury through it, but. I mean, it's one of those ones we say, right, It's it, it should have probably been a red card, but like, when you have a major complaint about the yellow, so for them, for them to focus in on that one and decide that that was so bad that the yellow had to be upgraded to a red just seemed very peculiar to me. Um, when, as we're talking about, the the clearly other ones. I mean, the Paul McGinn one especially, I mean, you you talk about intent, I think, I agree with Gav, I think Alan McGregor knew exactly what he was doing where Lewis Ferguson, no, whether, whether Rangers punters like that or no, uh he knew what he was doing um, in the same way that Paul McGinn knew exactly what he was doing and that's why I think they're probably slightly worse than the power one, the power one was bad and of course could easily have been a red card but I think when it happened so quick and the ball was near, I don't really think he's been up to... To deliberately put his boot in Ryan Jack's face, do you know what I mean? So um, it is that inconsistency, of course, mm-hmm. that's the that's the big issue here. Um and even in terms of goalies like protecting themselves, there have been so many instances when goalies have come out like Alan McGregor and caught strikers. No, Craig Gordon's done it a couple of times for Celtic on like, running Alwa, out his... Aye, I, Al- Al- one, the Alwa Al- one was terrible, yeah, I mean, absolutely right. terrible. I think it was Greg Spence was yeah. the, the player running through. Uh-huh. So goalies have did that pretty regularly. If So you're going to need to... If you're pulling out Alan McGregor, you're going to, need to be looking at every week yeah. for goalies coming out for high balls, you know, with, the, with the old knee up and stuff like that, not to catch folk. Um, goalies have been doing that for years. McGregor's one I agree was... Was bad and it looked bad at the time. I thought even as the ball was running through it, you could see it coming. That's why I think he knew exactly what he was doing. But no, the the SFA have set a dangerous precedent. No, by by basically saying any keeper coming out with a leg or a knee or an elbow up, no, as they're coming out to collect the ball, is going to. Going to suffer punishment.
0: That's all the problem with this is now it's every incident, you know, yeah, it's every yeah. incident's just getting it's dominating, it's taken away from the, uh, the other parts of the game. I think Gordon mm-hmm. Smith's actually in the Daily Record just saying today when he when he introduced yeah. this um, compliance officer uh role it wasn't to analyse a bit like you're saying with the Darnell Johnson one, you know. It's like every single yep. one, that's not really what it was designed for. It's now just, it's now taking over.
1: It's got out of hand. Is there a problem as well that more games involving Rangers and Celtic in particular will get highlighted more than games involving, say, Hamilton against Livingston because yeah. there's there's more people there, there's more well, there's, cameras, there's all the rest well, of it. Well,
0: absolutely. There's that
1: and there's also,
0: I mean, there's also like them. The, the manpower and the kind of disciplinary department of the SFA, I mean, how many can you deal with? I mean, even if you, you know, can you go through, even if there weren't live games and you just said, right, I'm going to go through absolutely every game and look, I mean, how 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 long would that take? I mean, there's, you've got Claire White on her own, compliance officer. Because I read earlier in the week, um, <coughs> Graham Bean, I think it was, the original, uh, the first compliance officer down in England, the FA, was appointed in 1999. And then he says now they've got a department of 30. So he was saying what they should really be doing is investing more money in that and, and looking at looking them all. Um, but in terms of here if you've got one compliance officer i mean she can't she can't look at absolutely everything so she's only going to look at ones that are maybe highlighted and then it comes down to being games that are shown live on
2: telly and also the in terms of the, like the scott brown incident the scott brown and the Joseph simonovich and the Ollie buck incidents in the habs game that I know rangers fans are going on about probably quite rightly none of them get none of them get retrospective punishment but on the, the night of that game, no, I didn't see any of that 'cause no, it wasn't on any of the highlights shows. It wasn't until the next afternoon on social media you're seeing these things highlighted, you no, know, people videoing them on their mm. phones and stuff like that. Yeah. So it does depend on you no know, what's on T V, what's live, what gets shown in the highlights. You do wonder whether no, well, that determines how quickly Clare White gets to see it, and ultimately, if there's going to be any judgment on it. Well, the best case of that was the old Firm game with Morelos, because I mean, after that game, I mean, nobody mentioned nope. it. Brendan
0: Rodgers didn't mention it. I don't think anybody. I mean, we were at the game. Yeah. It wasn't something that jumped out. Did they see it? You, you didn't see it, and and that was one that quickly gathered pace, and then, of course, it dominated the headlines for for days, weeks. Um, the Morelos one, social media. You, you know, you started to see it was the three incidents were all packaged, people putting it out there. Um, so that was a prime example I, I think of that.
2: that. I think we somehow need to get back, Mark, to, you know, that age where, you no know, the referees are allowed to referee the game. And, yeah. I mean, it, it has to be something really severe. Know, to be called up, whether it's a blatant dive, whether it's mistaken identity, whether it's something that's behind the ref's back where he's literally hasn't seen it and, and cameras have picked it up off the ball. I think for incidents like that know, they should go in front of you know, a compliance officer or, or ex-refs or whoever but we somehow need to no, we need to take a step back here and get back to some kind of normality where the referee is allowed to referee a game, he's going to get decisions right, he's going to get decisions wrong, there's things that no, he, he might call a yellow card like Darnell Johnson and looking at it a million times you might say well it's it's a red but He's already dealt with it. It's a yellow card, sure he, he might have got it slightly wrong, but that's football. No, that, that that's what happens in in the heat of battle in, in ninety minutes. I don't know how we how we backtrack and get get back to that point but, but we need to try because it's getting out of control now.
0: I suppose that's at the heart of the problem here is that the ref the standard of the refereeing isn't good enough, you know. I mean Scott's saying let the referees go on with it and you know, and referee the game, but there are two there are far I mean one thing is uh, one thing we can see is that the standard of the FRA just isn't good enough. There's been far too many high-profile mistakes this season.
1: I mean, there is mistakes, but does this put more pressure on the refs as well? Because if you look at, they're also saying that Bobby Madden hasn't seen yeah. the tackle from McGregor, but there's a p- picture where it shows him clearly looking straight at it. Yeah. Straight so is that unfair it. on him then for the SFA to come in and say, well, you've just made a really bad decision here? Yeah.
0: Thank I mean, I looked at that picture yesterday, but, when I watched the instant on a replay, um, when I watched the instant on a replay um, on the night of the game, when you actually saw, look at the angle that Bobby Madden was looking at, um, although he, he could see maybe see the contact, I mean, it's not until you actually watch it again that you see exactly what hey, Alan McGregor does. was up to. I mean, I mean, Alan McGregor could slide out and make contact, but... It may not have been intentional but it's but when you actually watch the instant you can see there's a wee look he knows what he's Aye. doing That that's part of the
2: Bobby problem. Madden, Bobby Madden what have known in that moment that Alan McGregor's slightly caught Lewis Ferguson but he's refereed a million games he's seen goalies coming out doing that all the time and he's no he's never pulled them up for it do you know what I mean? So I don't blame Madden particular, particularly probably, as I say he probably knows that McGregor's had a wee dig at him it's only when you slow it down and you watch replay after replay you see how kind of premeditated it was you see how high it was no I don't think the referee probably realises in that split second that it was pretty high up his up his shin so as I say I, I, I wouldn't necessarily blame him for it because as I said earlier there'll, there'll be these incidents with keepers in games all over the country and they'll get, they'll get pulled up for it.
0: But the McGregor one's a bad example because we're actually agreeing that in that instance they got it right. Yeah. So Bobby Madden's missed it, they've watched it again and they've said that's red and most people agree that it was a red card. The, 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 where the problem lies is when it goes the other way. Yeah. How, how can, when a, a yellow card has been issued to Paul McGinn, how can it possibly, it seems inconceivable that a panel of three ex-referees can then look at that and decide that's not a red card. That's more of the issue. The McGregor one, is that's fine, because that, that, that's an example of the system getting it right. McGregor was naughty. Bobby Madden didn't see it at the time. He maybe saw contact, but not the intent. And they rectified that. But when the McGinn one and the power ones go unpunished, that's when you say, well, that's the inconsistent. That's where the issue lies. How three guys could have looked at the McGinn one and decided there wasn't a red is unbelievable. Yeah.
1: How big a miss is McGregor going to be in the next two games? Because also going to come in, he's a good yeah. keeper, he's not at the level of McGregor, so is he really that big a miss compared to, say, what else is like? I think, he's going to
0: be a, I think he's going to be a huge miss. I mean, it's funny when you think back to last season before Stephen Gerrard came in, or even when G- Stephen Gerrard was appointed, if you looked and said, right, what areas does he definitely need to improve on? Probably goalkeeper isn't one that you would have had, you know, way at the top of your list, because Fodringham had been a you know he had a decent couple of seasons and it wasn't an area you thought needed um urgently strengthened but it's funny when Alan McGregor becomes available Steven, for Stephen Gerrard it's then a no brainer and then you see him at the start of the season and then he, he's just a reminder to us all of you know the top class goalkeeper that he is mm. um, and I just don't think foddering him instills that same confidence in his defence I think even if you look at the Cowden Beef game um, when he came in, and Rangers were terrible in the second half. And there was a few nervy moments, you know, a few of those nervy moments were caused by him and his, his distribution. I just don't think, you know, I think there's just a bit of a kind of nervousness about it. I remember in an early, um, going to an early uh, Rangers European game this season, um, and Richard Goff was on the flight. And he made the point, It was a, I just thought it was a very interesting point he made when we were talking about it. it was when McGregor was going through that spell of making some really crucial saves. He said, um, it reminded him of when he'd left Rangers and he went to Everton. He said, I think it was Paul Gerrard that might have been the goalkeeper for Everton at that time. But he said, you know, there was people... Uh, you know hitting, the opposition were hitting shots from 25 yards or 20 yards and it was ending up in the back of the net and he was saying god you know how did that happen it was just because he was so used to playing he said with chris woods and then andy Gorham at rangers for all those years he said it was not it's not necessarily that the, the, the Paul Gerard or whoever was in goals forever Everton. they weren't making like cock ups or blunders, but it was just, they just weren't yeah. making saves, you know, that, that, that Gorham or Woods would have made. And I think it's probably similar here. Wes Fodderingham, he doesn't do like, a hell of a, a lot wrong. You know, there's no real blunders in there, but he's just not quite he's, he's not at McGregor's level. And I just think that seeps through the rest of the team. That,
2: that's been my thing with Fodderingham all uh, along. I've said this to you before. I, I just even he was in the team you know, for full seasons and that, I just don't think he makes enough saves for a goalie. Uh, and I, I read somebody, I think maybe the uh, Davey Weir, piece in the paper the other day, kind of summing it up, basically saying, and makes saves you expect him to make, yeah. McGregor makes saves you don't expect yeah. him to make. That kind of sums it up. McGregor's just a level above Fodrium and that's why I think he will be a miss, even though it is... Roger respects respect St Johnson, Hamilton and Deer, whatever the next next three games or next two games. No, these games no, it might be the case that he's only got one save to make in a game, no, when Rangers have got all the ball, all the pressure. And that's when your McGregors, your Andy Gorums, and that really came to the fore. No, when their concentration was so good, their ability was so good that even if it was just one save in ninety minutes, they would make it. I'm not sure Fodingham's got that and he's and his locker, and I th- so I think that that makes it dangerous in the next the next couple of games. If Rangers are to concede any chances, or maybe the game is not going for them, and uh, the other team get a kind of break away or whatever, um, I agree with Gav. I don't think Fodenham's a bad keeper, and I think he's been a decent servant to Rangers, a decent signing, you know, for what they for what little they paid for him. But when you're comparing, to, comparing him, to McGregor, it's uh, he's, it's a different level.
0: He's, but he's out of command lock as well, yeah? Yeah, he's
1: out of command as of well. That is the that's yeah, that's a big that's worry. That's the big worry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that,
0: that is the worry.
1: The other concern is as well is that Fordham's had his injury problems during his time here. Mm-hmm. If he picks up a knock, all of a sudden you've got to stick in a guy that Rangers have signed from Barrow who couldn't even get a game for Barrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of problems with depth in the goalkeeper situation as well, isn't there? There's been there's but, just stupidity from McGregor could end up costing. A lot more than just
2: Yeah, I mean whether it whether it be the Boy Febaro or, or even one of the one of the younger ones, you're right, that would be a problem. But I think in terms of them signing the Boy Febaro, I mean I was listening to some punters on like radio programmes like like get off their get off their heads, no, why are they signing this guy? No No, we don't need another keeper. I mean they signed them purely just to get Robbie McCrory yeah. out loan I mean they didn't sign him Stephen Gerrard didn't sign this boy to be the the next Rangers keeper Robbie McCrory will be a Rangers goalkeeper in the future I think that's what everyone at the club expects they've thought that for a long time Uh, I've seen him for Scotland under 19s under 21s and he's an excellent keeper he's got everything you would want in in a goalie and they've got real high hopes for him but he has to play football he's already been out at Berwick they wanted to step it up again and get him into the championship, which they've been able to do at Morton. And I think when that opportunity arose, Gerrard did the right thing and says, let's get him out because it'll benefit him, it'll benefit Rangers. So they just needed literally, not anybody as such, no, with all due respect to, to, to the boy Fibaro, but they just needed somebody to fill that gap, not a young keeper that they could just bring in right away would fill that kind of number number three, number four slot. Um but I suppose you're right, if anything happened to Fodringham, it would be a it would be an issue um or it would be a problem for him. But he'll obviously be hoping that nothing happens over the next two or
1: three games. Uh, so see Johnson are in a bit of a bad run of form just now but they're always gonna be dangerous at Ibrooks. So how do Rangers line up in this game? Do they stick with four three three? Do they do the change formation? Personally I think they, they stick with the four three three. Uh
2: they they go with Kendares and Kent out wide. They go with the four up front. The only area that, that might change is uh, is in midfield. As I say, he might feel as if might feel as if he doesn't need McCrory in there for a for a home game against St Johnson and that's where a Davis or a Koulibaly or something mate would maybe with maybe come in. I know I know you're rolling your eyes. <laughs> Koulibaly's been been right off off for him. But I think that would be the only area that he may change it. Uh, and obviously left back he might bring Barisic back in for back in for Halliday or whatever, but I don't expect uh, I don't expect many more changes and I don't expect uh, the formation to change. I don't
0: have taken a couple of Hammonds by Celtic, but I mean in that I just I watched them, St Johnson. I was up at the game when they played Celtic at home, and I have to say that I mean, they weren't bad that day, they're not. Um, and I just don't know if Rangers are quite, you don't fancy them to steamroll you know, t- uh, teams the way Celtic did with St Johnson last week in the Cup. I mean, they will make it more of a slog, St Johnson. So. I think St, St. Johnson have
2: been unlucky just yeah. with the fixtures. Yeah. That yeah. run of games against Celtic. No, they were in a decent run. And they're a team like that that do go on runs, you know, runs of wins or you know, going on unbeaten, and then they'll maybe go on a run of defeats. But it'll be, Tommy Wright will be kind of cursing his luck a wee bit in terms of the fixers. I, mean, I, know, I know they lost to Hamilton, a game they shouldn't have lost uh, in the midweek, but that run of Celtic games, I mean, you can be... A team like St Johnson, they could have been high on confidence after a good run, but those games against Celtic can just sap that. Right, right out of you, you know, physically and mentally. He's tried to change it up. You look at his line-ups against Celtic in, in the different games, he, he had, he did try to mix it up a wee bit, uh, you know, bringing O'Halloran in, leaving Watt and Kennedy out, then bringing them back and you know, changing the wide players. You know, Swanson's in, then he's out of it. So he did try to mix it up, but I think they'll be looking at And they'll obviously think going to Ibrox is just part of this nightmare runner fixtures i would imagine because that will be tough for them as well but i agree with you i still think they'll be they'll be dangerous uh he'll pick you know he'll look at who's played these previous games and he'll pick a fresh you no know, energetic lineup i think to play on the counter attack at Ibrox. and rangers are obviously going to need to be wary of that because they've been caught out with that against st johnson in the past just
1: one last thing Kumar and Matt Polster, is there any chance Rangers fans will see them anytime soon, or are they going to be? Um, the play a they? game, the way, they? They've played reserve games. They've played yeah. reserve games.
2: I think uh, we spoke to Steven Gerrard last week, and certainly I think we specifically asked about Paul. Still said it would take him kind of two or three weeks to get in there. I think he was in the kind of mindset of at MLS pre season so that, that's kinda where he's at so they need to get him up to up to speed. Um I noticed they were sitting in the bench at Kilmarnock so I think he's obviously tried to integrate them, include them in the squads, you no know, make them part of the part of the team. So might see them on the bench in the next in next couple of weeks. I don't think any of them are ready or quite ready to start. Uh, I don't think they would merit a start either in terms of getting in ahead of anybody but uh, the, the, the fans will maybe hope to see them on the bench in the next next
1: couple of weeks Right, uh, well that's all from us, we'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis from all things Rangers, if you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate you can by tweeting us at Sport. Don't forget to subscribe to iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and make It was on there too. Thanks for listening.